Okay, Holden, what was your Easter haul that you were just so eager to tell me about? <laughs> I was trying to have a nice conversation with Jimmy about my Easter candy, and then he's like, no, save it for the cold open. I'm like, okay, well. Save it for the podcast, Holden. <laughs> Uh, I did get a lot of candy. I got some chocolate bunnies, you know, classics. A lot of those Cadbury mini eggs, which I think are my favorite candy just in general. I love those. They're, they're like, addicting for In me. general? Like, overall? They, it might be. Wow. I'm, try I'm trying to think of one. I mean, I like... Don't get me wrong. I like a Twix a lot. I like a Milky Way. But those Cadbury mini eggs... I think part of it is that it's seasonal, so I can't get them all the time. So it's a little bit more special when I do get them. But those, they're good. They're very they're good. They're part of the Easter battle pass. Yeah, the Easter battle pass. But anyway, I, I you was... You gotta eat a lot of peeps to uh, grind your way to the Cadbury eggs. I was mentioning, I, I opened this right before we started the podcast, this Russell Stover like vanilla cream egg. Um, not sure if anyone out there has had these, but I remember having these as a kid and liking them. And I'm eating this now and I'm like, this is just, this is too much now. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I, I feel like I'm too old for this candy, which is, uh, I mean, it's fine. I feel like that's what happens to a lot of people with certain candy. But this is, there's like, there's not a lot of flavor. It's just a, a kind of mid chocolate shell surrounding a very flavorless. It says vanilla cream. It feels very marshmallowy center though. Um, it's just a lot of sugar. Not really worth the, uh, the. the the ordeal i think <laughs> yeah the calories the fats the sugars yeah i got some uh kit kats kind of like the fun sized ones you know they like a little bit they don't have as much length a little bit more girth to mm -hmm. them um i think i like kit kats when they're thinner you know i think they have kit kat thins i don't think i've Ooh. had those but i bet those are good yeah uh, the, then I got the crunch Starburst. is the best part really yeah the wafers yeah mm -hmm. and then i got starburst jelly beans which are the best jelly beans because no flavor is bad and you can just eat a color and know what flavor it's going to be and be like i hope this isn't disgusting <laughs> which some jelly beans are like that yeah those so are i don't like those those are like my i think those might be my dad's favorite candy they're very they're definitely his favorite easter candy they might be his favorite candy overall um, wow, the the Easter candy in the Sutter household it's just big, yeah. Pulls, pulls weight. I mean, you always think of like of Halloween year. for candy, but Halloween doesn't really mm -hmm. have like special candy for it. It's just kind of like normal candy, like regular. Like you'll just find candy like little corn. Okay, I guess, but candy corn's disgusting. It is. It's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Easter is the I one that has had... like special. Even even Christmas, I would say, probably has more special candy than than Halloween. But yeah, what the heck, Halloween? Get on that. It's just like, ooh, it's orange and black. Ooh, yeah, ooh it's ooh, it's this. a little, it's a themed Kit Kat bar. Yeah, <laughs> our <laughs> packaging has a witch on it. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I haven't had a peeps a, a peep in a long time, so I can't weigh in on those but i assume they're just not very good i i know we're desperately in need of getting started but i do i did try they they came out with peeps pepsi did you see this i heard about this it's disgusting i hated it <laughs> i mean what a, what a surprise <laughs> a peeps pepsi is not good i tried it couldn't even make it through like half of the half of that bottle so did they call it peepsy no that would have been too smart i think it's literally just peeps yeah. pepsi yeah um 
I, yeah, I was like, I was talking to the kids in class. I was like, are peeps good? They're like, no. If you want to know what peep tastes like, just stuff a spoonful of sugar in your mouth. That's true. I said, wow, harsh words. From I, f- I feel like I can eat like one or two peeps a year and that's it. And I'm, then I'm set. Um, My sister yeah. used to love them at least. So that's uh see holden aren't you glad that we could share this delightful conversation i'm sure with the, the listeners yeah the audience is, is thrilled at our their candy thumb is getting a great workout from that skip 30 <laughs> seconds button <laughs> welcome to another episode of that one movie podcast also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies games and tv shows in addition to kind of whatever mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones i'm your host holden sutter joined by my co-host jimmy youthy I could have had another cold open because I'm like sleep deprived today, but I'll get into that. Into what are you doing? Because okay. I was searching the depths of the internet for something that just out of nowhere ceased to exist. Interesting. So, more on that. And what are you doing? A little tease for you, Holden. Okay. Uh, we've got a great episode for you this week, featuring our reviews of the Mandalorian season three, episode six, titled "Something Who Cares." Um, uh, guns for hire. Okay. Pulled that out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then also our review of the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Very good. Uh, once again, Holden, top class professionalism. Yes. <laughs> that one movie podcast. <laughs> Tomp. But first, Jimmy, we have to do the Toms. The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw is the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy... Let's get to it. Well, good thing we spent a long time talking about Easter since there was no news this week, Colin. That would have been smart. You know, that would have been a perfect uh, for a slower episode to go on a little tirade about Easter candy. But in fact, we do have uh, quite the episode this week in terms of Tom's. Had a few big things happen, including Star Wars Celebration. But before we get into that stuff, we'll go over some trailers that came out. Um, first one we'll talk about is the Barbie trailer. Um, Bobby. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is the new movie from Greta Gerwig based on the toy. We've been very excited for it. We've commented on it before. It was in both of our top anticipated movies of the year. This is like the longest look at it we've gotten. Jimmy, what do you think of this trailer? I like it. I like the vibe. I like the humor. I uh, am just all for it. The production design sets look great. Costumes. Ryan Gosling is my favorite actor right now. The man is hilarious. He is so freaking funny. Mm-hmm. I love his Papyrus SNL sketch and his Santa Baby SNL sketch. I am so excited to see him in this. His comedic timing is impeccable. He is so good at delivering things straight-faced. I honestly think he's one of the funniest people alive. Underrated comedic actor. Cannot wait Yeah, this seems- for this. He, he seems perfect for this. I mean, the the level of energy he's bringing to this is is a bit higher than a lot of his other roles, um, which is kind of fun to see. But yeah, he's he's looks like he's going to be playing everything pretty much straight. Um, it's going to be very funny. I can't remember. Have you seen the Nice Guys? I have. Okay, 
Mm-hmm. He's he's very funny I, in that. Yeah, I only saw it the one time in theaters. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone looks great. I mean, I, I love the the sets and everything. It's very bright and colorful. I mean, it looks just like a Barbie toy set. Um, not exactly sure, like... It's it's I mean obviously it's just a short trailer. It's unclear if this is like a real if it's supposed to be a place or if they are toys, but they seem to be going to the real world. So yeah, I don't, it seems like toys going to the real world. Yeah, but and so I'm I'm interested to see how that works, how it's, that's going to be presented. I mean, it, it almost would be funnier if it's just not explained at all. I think like if they're just if they're just go to the real world and that's that. But um, yeah, quite the quite the cast here. Um, looks like we, and I like that all the Barbies and the Kens are just named Barbie and Ken. Like, <laughs> they just call each yeah. other that. That's very funny. Um, That's what it was like in the good old days, Holden. Yeah. Um, and all the, uh, the Kens seem to have some sort of rivalry for Barbie's affection and just seems like it'll be very funny. Um, Michael Sarah's in the trailer. He's like playing, he's, I think he's playing someone named Alan. He's like the only guy toy that's named something different. Um, but I, he's apparently Alan is like an obscure Barbie toy from like the sixties. So, hmm. and uh, he's maybe going to be obscure man. Yeah, maybe. Um, so broke off for me. Yeah. Broke off for me. Looks great. Very excited. Um, next trailer we'll do is the new Spider-Man across the spider verse trailer. Um, yeah. What'd you think of this one, Jimmy? Lots of lots of Spider Man. Obviously, we knew that from the last trailer, but it, it seems like Spider Man twenty ninety nine, right? Is mm-hmm. maybe the antagonist of this? Yeah. If nothing else, I mean his his and Miles's goals definitely don't align. So there, it looks like mm-hmm. I could see him being like the kind of the central like antagonistic force against miles and like this this one which is essentially part one of a two-part movie um and then maybe in the the next one they they end up coming to common ground on what they need to do or something we'll see yeah no i i i think uh, a lot of it looks good i'm trying to remember i watched this trailer a while ago hold on you start talking about it uh has the, the spot uh, the villain, the spot, which seems to have a lot of uh, just holes in him, <laughs> which I think the spot is supposed to be like the main villain of these two movies or something. It's he's played in the trailer like comedic, but there's a couple glimpses of him later in the trailer that hint that he could be actually like the big threat or something. So we'll see. It's kind of an obscure villain, but I mean, if it is like you un- like cross universal stuff, it might be kind of nice to have this obscure villain that actually does deal with dimensions be the antagonist it's a case of you can probably write him however you want like it's not like the spot is an iconic spider-man villain that (laughs) fans are (laughs) going to be mad about going a certain way or anything so Mm -hmm. um yeah i think that's i think that's cool yeah Again, once again, the animation looks great and uh obviously some uh, looks like a romance brewing between uh, Miles Morales and Spider Gwen, mm-hmm. um, but then like it's like the whole league of the the Spider Man. What did they call like the layer or something? I can't remember what they called it, but yeah, I mean that that whole area looks really cool, and 
I mean, it's it's just going to be it, <laughs> as soon as that movie comes out on like digital or whatever, like you're going to find just screenshots of like all of the all of the different Spider-Men and there's going to be just so many Easter eggs. I mean, there's a pretty clear shot in the trailer of the PS4 Spider-Man. Yeah, there um, is. But Insomniac, yeah. Yeah. Which uh, the costume was in the other one. Yes. But yeah, that'll be. I don't know. I'm 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 curious to see all the different Spider Men. I'm sure they'll just we'll have a bunch of them doing a bunch of different powers and stuff. It's gonna be cool. I think they're all gonna be exactly the same. Oh yeah, <laughs> all the and exact like, same. Oh, wow. They're all. We're just... all Spider Men. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's. Peter B. Much... Parker's back. You know. Oh wait, what? I need to just rewatch that original. Oh, Peter the, the, B. Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Peter B. Parker's back. Uh, I need to rewatch the original before this one comes out because that was 2018. What year was it? 20. Spider Verse. I feel like it was 18, 2018. Into the Spider. Which that's a while ago. Jesus. If it was 2018. Yeah, 2018. Wow. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. Well, I mean, take their. I'm glad they're taking their time. And obviously, they're making two movies. So, makes sense. Yeah. Uh yeah, broke off for me. Broke off for me as well. Jimmy, the one that you didn't know came out this week. Let's talk about Blue Beetle. Um <laughs> totally missed the memo on that. So <laughs> I just watched it. This one's fresh. Yeah. Um this is the new DC superhero movie that is um confusingly not part of the DCU until it either makes money or doesn't <laughs> probably. Um but it's it's kind of one of the leftovers for the current slate of DC on, alongside like the Flash and Aquaman and stuff. Um, but yeah, this is the first Blue Beetle movie. I mean, this is a this is a hero that there's there's quite a solid fan base for actually, um, especially like the modern rendition. I think Blue Beetle used to be kind of more of a generic hero, but now he's like. This person with a kind of alien suit that's kind of that's sentient and stuff and. Um, I don't. I don't exactly know. Okay, how it you goes. say strong following, but you go up to the average person; they're gonna have no idea. Well, yeah. Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying. I it's... had never heard of Blue Beetle before <laughs> until like a year ago, maybe. I'm not saying he's like, like super popular, but there are like the people that like him really like him. Like cult following. Yeah, cult following. There we go. Um, and I'm not super familiar with like how this one goes. I think I'm more familiar with like the the more old style of Blue Beetle, so I'm not super familiar with this younger version. But um, yeah, I don't know. The trailer looks all right. What what do you think? I think it looks terrible. Really? I think this movie's. I I was like, wow, this looks awful. <laughs> I cannot imagine that movie being good. I think it's gonna bomb. Wow, why would you make this? No offense to the people who put it together. It just looks like every other superhero that ever happened. The villain literally is like, the love that you have for your family is your weakness. I'm like, if you're saying the exact same thing that Jason Momoa is saying in the Fast 10 trailer, <laughs> that, that's pretty bad. Like, come on. I, I, uh, look, his powers, like, whatever. I mean, he looks like Iron Man, but he can just have his suit becomes anything. I don't know. I think it. I think it was bad. The the humor didn't work. It felt like this is just the leftover DCEU garbage that's gonna have no cultural impact and just be forgotten. As Shazam Two is gonna be forgotten instantaneously by the 
by everyone. So I know I, we both obviously watched Chris Stuckman. Do you ever remember him reviewing a movie called Max Steel? No. Okay. And this was probably like five years ago or something. I can't remember, but it was. It's this movie. The premise seems very, very similar, and it, it's apparently based on some like toy line. It came out had like no fanfare, like no one cared about it, and then it was terrible. And that was back when he used to do negative reviews. I think he gave it like an F. It was just awful <laughs> or something. Um, but this just mm-hmm. reminds me of because uh, after I saw that review, I kind of read more into it, and I was like, yeah, this this feels like that a little better probably because it you know has probably more money behind it. Um, but we'll see. I'm I'm gonna reserve judgment. I'm kind of. It will probably bomb. I mean, if Shazam bombed, I feel like this will bomb. Like I think this is not gonna. Do, there's no way this is gonna be better than Shazam, right? I mean, like Shazam was a sequel. People already knew about. Shazam. Yeah, no box office. I, unless unless it's like really good and there's positive word of mouth, like it's gonna start weak regardless. I think, but if it's good, like it could do better. But my guess it is, needs to be amazing. I and it just from the, what I saw in the trailer, like you can cut a bad trailer, but I feel like you know I feel like the trailer is almost always better than the movie, or at least on par. So yeah, when the trailer seems bad, that's like ooh, that's that's not a good sign. We'll see. I think it looks fine right now. Personally, I don't I don't really have any big gripes with it, but I do agree that it looks pretty generic which is why I'm kind of struggling to find things to say about it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, it looks like a movie that came out 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the, if you're going to make a superhero movie in 2023, you have to be more than that yeah. at this point. Like, especially if you're a new IP for DC, good luck. It. I mean, I would love to eat my words. I would love for this to be amazing, but I am really skeptical. Yeah. I just, I mean, ultimately at at this point, all I, my strongest feeling is that I feel bad for everyone involved because they're like, they worked hard on this movie and then it's just not going to matter like at all. Uh, Good for the the Blue Beetle fans, I guess, but I'm going to have to give it a Bombadil just because I didn't know anything about the movie and I was like, wow, I don't want to see that. That looks bad. Sure. I will give it a Bergeron. Um, Indiana Jones five, Indiana Jones, the deal of the dial of destiny. Um, got a new trailer this week at star Wars celebration. We're breaking into the star Wars celebration news with something that is decidedly not star Wars. Um, yet, yet. You don't know what those aliens, uh, from the (laughs) kingdom of crystal skull are at. Yeah, we're they gonna have maybe broke maybe out from the, the ground, re- and it's just like the separatist. Maybe in the next ship. George Lucas recut of like the first six movies, uh, in the like the Coruscant like Senate meetings, there's just gonna he's gonna put in the uh, aliens from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. No, he's just gonna put in Indiana Jones, yeah, <laughs> just in the background, <laughs> hanging out with ET. That's the Spielberg booth. Yeah. Um. You know, I I still haven't seen anything that's like melting my brain, but I haven't seen anything that's making me not excited for this movie. I don't know. I the, none of neither of the trailers have like made me go, "Oh my gosh, I just can't wait." Yeah, like I feel like I should have. I I don't think either of these trailers have been great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I guess from us that standpoint, I'm at a Bergeron, but um. I mean the the de aging looks really good, right? It I does. Mean, 
Granted, we, we mostly just got like quick shots of it. We haven't seen it in motion too much, but it, it does look pretty good. So I guess uh, that looks good. What do you think, Olden? Um, I, I think I like this trailer more than the other one. I, I remember talking about the other one and just not being super hot on it. Um, I think this one's for me a little bit better, but I'm still kind of in that same boat as you where I'm it, like, it looks fine. I'm not not excited for it. We'll see how it turns out. Um, I mean, Harrison Ford seems to seems to actually be trying in this movie because he actually likes Indiana yeah. Jones. Um, and the rest of the cast looks great. I mean, obviously with Mads Mikkelsen as the villain, you can't really go wrong. Um, and if we're gonna have Indiana Jones punching Nazis once again, that's also very mm-hmm. exciting. But yeah, it it looks fine. I'm probably at a Bergeron. I think I'm at a burst run too. I mean, obviously, I'm excited for more Mads Mikkelsen. The Dial of Destiny. I mean, what are they going to do that? Are we going to do time travel? Oh, the, I thought the font was weird. Hmm. I guess I didn't I mean, notice. that was like a... It was like... A, it seemed like modern military movie font. Okay. Um, And I just was like... Again. For Indiana Jones. Uh, watch it again and tell me the font doesn't match Indiana Jones. Okay. But... I don't know. Weird nitpack. Nick nit nitpick. Pick. Nick mit, nick pick for me, Holden. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean it looks fun enough. Uh, just be good, please, please be good, Bergeron. Um, and then the final trailer we have is for Ahsoka. This was shown at Star Wars Celebration, mm-hmm. the upcoming Disney Plus series. Um featuring the character of the same name we've previously seen her uh, most recently in like mandalorian and book of boba fett but obviously she's originally from clone wars and in rebels and whatnot um can't say i really care about this show because i've just never seen rebels and this just seems like a rebels show so yeah like it's I know pe- I know Rebels has its fans. I also know people there's some people that are like Clone Wars fans that really don't like Rebels. I and I just I haven't even finished Clone Wars. I just have no desire to actually watch Rebels. So maybe I'll watch like a a lore breakdown or something prior to this, but I don't know. It's there's so many just characters I kind of recognize from being in Rebels and then I read afterwards they're in Rebels and I'm seeing it. There's so there's just huge parts of the trailer. I like Ahsoka as a character, but I it seems I do too. it seems to be a lot more about the group rather than just her. Um. Well, I mean, t- to be fair, in their interv- in the Lucasfilm interview of like uh, or I was it IGN or something. I don't know when they were talking to John Favreau and Dave Filoni about their shows they did say they wanted to make it a point that you could just go and watch a show and you didn't have to watch any of the other shows Okay, for it to, to make sense. Except for the book um, of Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I loved how they said that. And then they brought up like, Oh, like what a unique experience that was. And yeah, he's like, Oh yeah. You know, all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, that was such a bad idea. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> How do you say that and then do that? I don't know. <laughs> John Favreau, I'm starting to question his uh, judgment a little bit. I'm starting to think he's maybe a one-hit wonder when it comes to the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Look, I, I like Ahsoka a lot. 
I'll watch this. Um, yeah, same. I just think it's gonna. I just am not confident. I, although I will say Dave Filoni is has done a lot of good Star Wars stuff. I also think he's just done a lot of very mid <laughs> Star Wars <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> like I think a lot of the Clone Wars is just bleh. so. Yeah, I mean, that's why that's why obviously there's a lot keep going is because I'm like I, I'm like at right the turning point in Clone Wars where apparently it starts to get good. But I've gone through so much of just the mid stuff that I'm <laughs> I'm just burnt out on it. I mean, I will say, that, you know, there's more Clone Wars and less time to do it. Um, but they're like building up to some sort of movie or something. Yeah, kind of. well, we can talk about that in a second. Um I don't know. I Ahsoka, I'll give it a Bergeon. I was more excited about it earlier. I just feel like, like you said, like I don't. It's Rebels to, again. It's a new season of Rebels. And yeah, that, and that makes it less interesting for me than Ahsoka. Yeah, I mean, visually it looks fine, kind of just like the Mandalorian, probably still filmed in the round, like all the other uh, Filoni shows are. Um, the ha- volume or the volume, the round. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what the Short round. round. Is short round that's where they film indiana jones oh, yeah. <laughs> the volume but yeah um there's orange lightsabers in it people are going crazy over that but that'll happen anytime there's a new color of lightsaber so whatever um yeah i think i'll give this a bergeron personally yeah we'll see i mean uh, thrawn thrawn is in it uh as one of the other one of the other mickelson's yeah, apparently it's apparently it's the same guy who played him in the in the or voiced him in the show in Rebels. So, so. I don't really know anything about Thrawn other than I knew he's some blue guy for the Empire. People really like him. That's that's really all I know. Is this a this is a sequel to Rebels, right? Yeah, this would have to be because so Re- we don't know what that because we don't know Ahsoka's fate at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't wait for... Well, never mind. What's the next piece of news, Holden? Uh, well, now we'll get into actual uh, other Star Wars celebration stuff. And kind of the big headlining thing for this was uh, that they announced some new movies in the Star Wars universe. And all of them are... Because that, that always works out it well. It always works so out when well. They, when they announce new movies. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, granted, take her words with a grain of salt because she has just given false information before but like she she seems to indicate that all of these movies are pretty far along in development so we'll see um if any of these come out (laughs) but um all of them are all of them are interesting for both good and bad reasons i think Uh, we'll start with the uh one from the director whose name I am not familiar with. I'm also I'm probably going to screw up pronouncing. Um, uh-huh. Charmaine Obeyed Shinoy. Um, yeah, I'd never heard of her before. I didn't recognize any of her work. Uh, she apparently was one. Of, I don't know if she directed all of, but she was one of the main people behind Miss Marvel, which I thought was a decent show. And I think she had an Oscar-nominated movie. She. I don't know if she directed it. Um, but that she worked on or something. I don't know. I didn't look too too far into it. Anyway, uh, she's going to be directing a film set after the events of Rise of Skywalker and featuring Rey building a new Jedi Order. So here we get episode 10. 
so it's it's <laughs> it sounds like it's gonna be what episode nine maybe should have been. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> when they described it, like oh, the Jedi and their place in the universe and exploring the Force deeper, it's a lot of these themes from episode eight mm-hmm. that were actually probably more of the strengths of the movie that were just completely abandoned <laughs> in the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> So, look, I mean, I think Ray is a lot of potential as a character. I know, obviously, that a lot of people have problems with her and that she's a Mary Sue and whatnot. But I think yeah. uh, as a character, she's pretty interesting. I think Daisy Ridley is a fantastic actress and brings a lot of charm and charisma to the character. So, I mean, I would love to see Daisy Ridley get a, a, a good a good character-driven Star Wars movie that it has some maturity mm-hmm and some deeper themes and not a movie where she goes and fights someone and then Poe Dameron's like, we got to do this before this, otherwise <laughs> it's all kaput. You know, just, you know, I don't know. I, I would I would like to see a more mature uh, Star Wars movie that has nuance and it's not hitting you over the head with its themes or a, a plot so simple that's repeated by all the characters and retreading other things it would just be nice for daisy ridley to have that opportunity and 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 flex her acting muscles a little bit so look i i'm at a bergeron because part of me is like look disney cut your losses it didn't work you just it's at this point but you know they could redeem themselves or they could just dig themselves even deeper um so from what it sounds like it's just a standalone film mm-hmm for now, unless it makes a lot of money, so yeah, I, I I think I'm feeling probably more positive on this one than maybe I should, um, just because I think take Ray out of the kind of the <laughs> the cluster F that was the sequel trilogy, um, and give her like a story that's actually well thought out and everything. I think it could work really well. And I think she, as you said, I think she that character deserves that. And I know people are feeling negative about this about Ray coming back because they just don't like Ray. I don't know, man. I think I, I think a lot of the negative feelings are are misdirected towards that character. <laughs> like a lot of the negative feelings from the sequel trilogy are misdirected towards her and Daisy Ridley. Um, so we'll see. I I, I have some hope. Um, but I think a I'll new probably hope, stick with the Bergeron. Yeah, a new hope. I'm going to go Bergeron as well. Um, I like the fact that it's hopefully a self-contained story. Mm-hmm. So if it works on its own, that would be nice. Uh, more contemplative, deeper thing. But I'm sure we will not get that and it will be okay. Box office-wise, I, I don't know if this makes a lot of sense. I... Um, kids do not give a crap about Star Wars. Like, it is yeah. not... It is not popular among well, that, kids, really. Well, here you go. That's how you get kids in is you make the, make her train a bunch of teens. So it's equally a teen movie. <laughs> Daisy Ridley's like, what's all these? These kids are on TikTok. <laughs> but they're not learning how to use the force. These you have kids. One, kid, one kid's just live streaming on a hologram like the whole time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Um, yeah, I'm Bergeron. 
Um, the next one, which you had uh, kind of mentioned earlier, is that Dave Filoni is going to be directing a movie that apparently is going to close out some of the interconnected stories told in The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and the other kind of connected Disney Plus series in that New Republic era. Um, which is interesting. I was not expecting this. Obviously, I assume this is going to be a Disney Plus movie. I don't think this would make sense to go theatrical. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this because I just, I mean, everything about uh, Book of Boba Fett and recent Mandalorian has kind of killed my hype for this general storyline. Um, I think it kind of makes sense that this is probably what Mandalorian is building up to currently, but apparently this is six is six or seven years away. Oh, really? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about this. I think here's I, what I'll say about Dave Filoni, though. The like, the guy delivers at the end, like. So if they have a vision for how this thing is ending, I trust their vision of how it's going to end. I don't know if I trust them about point A to point B. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be high points. There's going to be low points. Mm-hmm. But I I have faith in him and putting it together at the end. So, I mean, yeah. you still haven't seen the last four episodes of Clone Wars, right? No. I mean, I, 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 it, I've heard it's phenomenal. Great. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I just think that... um. I think he'll deliver. So I'm going to give it a Brokaw, actually. I think I'll give it a Bergeron. Um, I mean, great if it does pull it off, if he does pull it off. Um, How it, Would you feel any more or less confident if it was John Favreau? Probably less confident. <laughs> I would, too. I feel like I have more faith in Dave. Well, Filoni I mean, I guess, point. I mean, like, John Favreau's, like, directed a lot of movies before. So maybe from that angle, I'd feel more confident, but... I, John Favreau writing it, I don't think I would feel confident. I don't know. Yeah. But let Dave Filoni I'm so, do his I'm thing. I'm going to go Brokaw. I'm going to go Brokaw. I'll give it a Bergeron. And then the fun- Yeah, well, it really, it is really interesting to think. It, will it be Disney Plus? Will it be theatrical? I assume Disney Plus. Like I said, I just, I don't think it would make sense to go theatrical for like this movie based on shows that only some people watch. But we'll see. Hmm. I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know. Could see it either way there. All right, next piece, Holden. Uh, the final one is a new movie directed by James Mangold, obviously currently directing Indiana Jones and previously directed like Logan, 310 to Yuma, Ford v. Ferrari, a lot of things. Um, but it is uh, apparently going to be set 25,000 years in the past and will apparently be a biblical epic about the first Jedi uh, during an era that they referred to as the dawn of the Jedi at the event. So um, I think honestly, out of all three of these, I, this one sounds the coolest to me because it sounds very, Amen. yeah, it, it sounds very unique, uh, a biblical epic. I mean, not that I've seen a ton of those, but it sounds like a very different feel uh, compared to um, like what we're going to have. Char- which, uh, what's his Charlton name? Heston. Heston. You see the one in, uh, in the Ten Commandments, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I James Mangold. Let I think my people go. I think James Mangold specifically referenced that and Ben Hur uh, when talking about this at the event. So, 
very very cool um james mangled so far has delivered on his movies we'll see with uh with indie how that turns out but seems to be a very good director um yeah i this is probably a broke for me personally yeah, it's a broke off for me as well. I am excited for it. Definitely going to be uh, influenced by the quality of Indy 5, but James Mangold is just living my dream right now <laughs> of making Indiana Jones a Star Wars movie. So I suppose he is the superior James. Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, no argument there for me. I'm going broke uh, uh, an epic about the first Jedi. Can only already start think about the sweeping vistas some lawrence of arabia finding shots a, yeah that's a, the, a, the finding of the kyber <laughs> kyber crystal development of the the first lightsaber yeah be awesome um yeah. anyway we'll uh, we'll kind of go through some smaller star wars news here first of all um the acolyte new disney plus series during the high republic um mm-hmm. is apparently coming out next year 2024 but they described it as frozen meets kill bill did you see that frozen meets kill bill yeah <laughs> which I, I i was trying to like a lot of the things i was seeing were like people were confused by what they meant and i don't think they elaborated like I, people were just confused by what they meant <laughs> by that I think yeah, that's funny. I think from what I understand, the acolyte uh, part of its central focus is on like like kind of a sister, like some sisters, like characters. Okay, so my, my guess that's the frozen, but I don't. I'm wondering where the kill bill fits in. So I don't know. Just kill a bunch of people. Yeah, it's just very violent and bloody. That's what I want to see out of my Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I I want to see more of that High Republic era. Mm-hmm. Personally, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I think it's a cool um, era that we haven't gotten a ton of in at least like movies and TV shows. So, yeah, I, I want to see more in the past than in the the new Jedi Order, whatever the race storyline, yeah, timeline <laughs> point is. They finally went out and just defined the timeline, which was a good idea. Yeah, gave each era a name, which was cool. Um, yeah. Cool. I will say that's interesting. I don't know what it means, Spurgeon. Give it a broca because it is very interesting. Um, Skeleton Crew. Um, the Daniels are not directing the whole thing. They are just direct. They are just one of the directing teams on this show. But that's still exciting. They're on board. Uh, other directors include John Watts, who obviously mm. has been doing the Spider-Man mm-hmm. movies. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard, who's been doing these shows for a while now, and mm-hmm. uh, Lee Isaac Chung. The director of Minari, oh, nice. who just did one of the episodes of Mandalorian, um, but among others. So what do you think of that directing team? Wow. Yeah. Really good. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, so no Christopher Nolan, though. But I guess th- not. <laughs> despite that, I will give it a Brokaw. I'll give it a Brokaw as well. Um, apparently, uh, Kathleen Kennedy says the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie is still happening. Um, her quote was, he's writing the script himself. He doesn't really want to bring others into that process, and I don't blame him. He has a very, very unique voice. So apparently it is happening, but they probably just don't know how far along it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, whatever. I still doubt this is happening. Yeah. So I'm going to say Bombadil for lying Bombadil. to us. <laughs> Uh, and then the final piece of Star Wars news I'll hit uh, is that Andor Season 2 is going to be releasing August 2024. 
apparently mm-hmm. it is halfway through production currently and it'll have by it by the time it's done it'll have about a year of post-production so nice next year uh definitely will be on the most anticipated tv shows and whatnot of next year so i'll give that a brokaw yeah i'll also give it a brokaw very exciting all right jimmy we're so far into this podcast and we still have other news we're just getting out of the star celebration um first off um this was another like contentious thing online i don't remember if we mentioned it the moana live action remake they got announced did you I had the- just heard about this. I heard about this like at the Easter, I think. Really? I didn't even know about it. I just heard about it from someone else. Yeah, so I so this got announced. So Moana, the movie that came out like five years ago, <laughs> the Disney movie that got <laughs> came out like five years ago, is apparently already getting a live action remake. Uh, Dwayne Johnson came out on social media with like a video about it. I didn't watch it. I've heard people say that it just feels like the the current theory is that this is entirely just disney giving him a vanity project since black adam like he's no longer part of dc so this is like his his disney version of that we'll see if that's the case that would make sense to me based on what we've heard about dwayne johnson recently and like the fact that this is so soon after the original movie uh, but he is confirmed to be coming back as the character Maui, uh, who's kind of the the god uh, character in that animated movie. Uh, the mm-hmm. star who plays Moana, I can't, pr- I don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, Alu- Alihi Cravalho. I butchered that. I'm sorry, but um, very nice. She she's at least coming back in a producer role. It's not. We're not sure if she is going to be starring in it as the main character or not um yeah i don't know this seems really stupid what do you think yeah i think that's uh cash grab so i'm gonna say bombadil there yeah bombadil it's i mean instead of you're welcome i would say no thank you no <laughs> i don't this i Mo- have you seen moana i have okay. uh a while like four years ago i liked it yeah i liked it too it, it doesn't feel like a movie that would i mean parts of it would lend itself to live action but there's also just a lot of really cartoony stuff in it that i don't i feel like is just gonna look bad <laughs> if they try to translate it so we'll see yeah um my nephew loves moana right now oh nice he loves listening to shiny shiny's the best that's my favorite song from that movie i really like that song goes dada play the crab play the crab whenever he's in the car he's like okay play on crab he goes between that and and uh benedict cumberbatch illumination grinch so uh, okay you know one for two one for two <laughs> he's got he's got some good taste um yeah i'll go bombadil for moana yeah bombadil for me as well another unnecessary remake that apparently is happening is apparently uh, there is a harry potter remake tv show very close yeah. to happening at warner discovery yeah it's gonna be like the the cornerstone of their new streaming thing that's that yeah i wrote do. that i wrote that quote down too this is i think bloomberg came out with this this bit of news but um yeah harry potter remake tv show I don't know, man. I mean, like... I think it's too... Well, let's see. Here, you know, I said kids don't care about Star Wars. They do care about Harry Potter. Harry Potter has transcended time. It has. Like, yeah, I somehow mean, I think those, has the, done 
those original better. movies still hold up like pretty well in general um and it's probably pretty like it they're they're fairly timeless too like i mean so much of the time is spent in the harry like the magical wizard world which is pretty timeless like it's not like they're using cell phones all the time or whatever mm-hmm. so it's like i i feel like like kids can easily just latch onto those pre-existing movies already yeah and and they can read the books like Mm -hmm. too so i just think that man i feel like we're still 10 years too early for this Mm -hmm. i'm surprised we're getting this before we get the cursed child yeah to be honest with you he i feel like i feel like harry potter was made if it was made 15 years later it would have been a series Mm mm-hmm but it wasn't. I feel like it actually works better as a series because yeah. of all the detail in the book. But I think the movies are already faithful enough adaptations. Obviously, they don't include all the details. Mm-hmm. But they deliver on the main point of it. And, I mean, Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, Emma Watson, and others in the iconic roles. I mean, it's like, what do you, you know, have a different Hagrid? Yeah. It's not Robbie like, Coltrane. That's going to be like a different Snape. Like, <laughs> I, I, it doesn't make sense really. Um, and th- from what I was reading, like they were they were saying that each season is going to be a book. So that's like you're you're having you're going under the assumption that you're going to get seven seasons out of this. Like <laughs> that, just I don't know. Like I, I just I feel like it seems like something that should work, but the more you think about it, you're like I don't. I don't know if I want to see that. I'd rather see something else. Yeah. I'd rather see like some guy look for weird magical animals and it, and a, a little pony thing pick the the wizard president. Oh wait, no. I wouldn't want to see that. <laughs> I actually probably Fantastic would rather Beast see more 3. Fantastic Beast movies cuz those are at least kind of like funny and new even if they're not good (laughs) like like (laughs) it's kind of fun to like have those come out and everyone's just like universally disappointed um it's just kind of a fun thing we can sort of unite on as society we do not need these fantastic beast movies um but now we're not getting those i think yeah now i think this here's i i (laughs) i take it back they can only make this but all the original actors have to do their roles okay yeah (laughs) So it's like Daniel Radcliffe with a beard. He's like, "Hey guys, hello. It's, I'm 11 years old." I think this does hurt the. I'm chance. stuck in this this closet <laughs> underneath the stairwell. I think this does hurt the chances of Cursed Child too, because like I, if you come out with the show before you make that movie, it's just going to be confusing when you come out with that movie later on. Like it's like, oh well, it's the original cast, but we have this current cast going right now. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they didn't do this with Lord of the Rings. Mm-mm. And I almost think it would work better for Lord of the Rings. Maybe not. I don't know. Why? Like, here's the thing. It's not like the movies are bad. Like, no. it's, I think if, if the movies are bad, yeah. I, I just I just don't know, man. I, I feel like people are going to have a hard time buying into that. People will be interested since it's Harry Potter. People will watch just because of that, but I don't know if you're gonna hold them after the first few episodes. Like, I, I think people are just gonna hate it. Yeah, I'm gonna feel bad for like, like all it of has the cast. to be amazing, and even even if it is amazing, it's not nostalgic mm-hmm. as like 
you know, the cursed child would work because it's got you got the member berries of oh Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson and like half the charm of those movies is you get so attached to that original cast and I just don't. It'd be like if they remade the Star Wars movies. What yeah, the heck? it kind of would be honestly. Like they're pretty, they're so iconic at this point. I think it's a bad and then, idea. And then what are you like? You're probably not gonna like use the same like score. Like you're not gonna use the reuse the John Williams themes because you're gonna want to no. like differentiate yourself. So then you're also you also have like that angle where like the that music is so iconic. And that's where I'm saying. Harry Potter should be like Star Wars where it's a generational thing and now you just have a new generation of characters. Yeah. Set in the same world or That's whatever. That's where I'm at. Or, I mean, have you don't even a have new... to mention that original characters that much. Just have new people. And have a new generation of kids. Harry or Potter is ours. It. It's not theirs. <laughs> not my Harry Potter. Anyway, we talked about this for a while. I think I'm yeah, going to give this well, a bombadil. I, I am too. It's worse the more I think about it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, Jimmy, we both liked X and Pearl last year. Um, mm-hmm. They're currently working on the third movie in the series, Maxine, and it has quite the cast. Did you see the cast announcements for this movie? No. Um, so it has Lily Collins. Right, well, okay, so this is all in, in addition to, uh, obviously, Mia Goth. Um, but Lily Collins, Giancarlo Esposito, uh, Kevin Bacon, uh, Elizabeth Debicki, Michelle Monaghan, and others. Oh, others. And others. I really like their <laughs> There's there, there are others that I didn't quite recognize, but those are the ones that I did actually know by name. So Nice. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Starting to pull some weight. Yeah. I, huh? It's probably because those, mon- those movies made money, so... <laughs> There you go. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito in a horror movie. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Because I, I assume he wouldn't be, like, the villain. If he's, I don't know. I don't know. Cool. Brokaw. Yeah, I'll give it a Brokaw as well. And the one last thing I wanted to mention um, before we move on is that the Five Nights at Freddy's movie coming out October mm-hmm. 27th, the same day as the new Saw movie. <laughs> <laughs> there was a there's like a twitter thing i was seeing where the saw twitter like posted a picture of the the main like freddy fazbear character in a in the reverse bear trap <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was funny um but man jimmy we're gonna have quite the choice on our hands even though we definitely will prefer to see saw x but socks socks yeah i don't know saw 10 saw 10 your seat belts the uh, quite the time for movies that will probably not be good horror movies that will probably not be good, but at least I saw, can't wait for socks. At, yeah, at least saw at least saw X will be funny probably. Yes. All right. Uh, that's hilarious. So Brokaw. Yeah, Brokaw for me as well. I think that's it. I don't think there was really any gaming stuff. I could be wrong, but uh, there might have been. But who knows? So let's just move on. Holding fifty minutes of news almost. So all right. Yeah. Let's talk about The Mandalorian Chapter 22, which is Guns for Hire. Spoiler discussion coming to you right now. All right, uh, Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 6. 
as you said, titled Guns for Hire. Spoiler discussion. If you don't want to hear spoilers for The Mandalorian, please use the time codes in the description to skip to the next segment or whatever segment you want to go to. All right. Now that you have been warned, uh, Guns for Hire, Holden, what did you think about this episode? Uh, Not a fan. (laughs) Not really. I think there's parts of it that are fine, I think, but... I'm just like even even anything that's like remotely fine in this episode. I'm just like it's still not doing anything. The show is still just not doing anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm so like like even just the most mediocre things are like making me angry because this this season just feels like a big waste of time. Even like other the other seasons of this show are like they would have these like more standalone episodes, but it would be like, it'd be kind of like every other episode at most. And then you'd have an episode that's like crucial of the plot or whatever, the overall arc. And you're, we're just not getting that here. There's just nothing. (laughs) I'm so like, like anything that was plot relevant in this episode is like five minutes of the episode. And the rest of it is just meandering and this random mystery that is very obvious and who cares like great scott yeah <laughs> like marty i i the droids are attacking everyone marty there, there was there was not a single second i, I didn't I'm gonna know hit this. this i'm gonna hit this override button that's gonna send 1.21 gigawatts into the <laughs> brains of these droids marty <laughs> there was not a single second of this episode where i didn't know that christopher lloyd was the main villain like i was as soon as he's introduced i'm like it's obviously him like you have like you're just gonna have him as this random side character no he's the villain and then christopher lloyd just didn't look like he didn't know where he was for most of the episode (laughs) his his performance i think was honestly kind of bad like (laughs) i don't know i not the more i'm talking about it the more i dislike it honestly i was going i was going into this review like i not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I kind of hate it now. <laughs> what do you think? I Okay, in a vacuum, I don't hate this. I actually kind of like it, but it doesn't. it's not in a vacuum. So mm-hmm. I, I, re, I relate to you. If this was the second or third episode of the season, I think it works a lot better for me. Yeah. Here are a couple things with it. First off, you have Jack Black. Lizzo and Christopher Lloyd all in the same episode of Star Wars. Yeah. Like that is incredibly distracting. <laughs> yeah, it just it I mean obviously they're no stranger to having celebrity cameos, but it takes you out when there's that many. Like have Jack Black in an episode, have Lizzo in an episode, have Christopher Lloyd in an episode, have them all be in different episodes or something. Or, or like in a costume or something. Yeah. Like like they're literally just <laughs> obvious i'm this is who i am mm-hmm. yeah um, and obviously jack uh, jack black would be great in a costume and everything he's you know but yeah it's just yeah i don't know um here's the biggest thing for me with this is this is an episode of star trek this is just straight up the yeah star it kind of is you're right which i think is the biggest like why i kind of like it i'm like this is just this is star trek like they're talking about like Oh, this is our direct democracy, and oh, what would our society be like without the droids? And oh, look at this society that we built, and all these things. Oh, the people can just focus on 
arts and culture because of this. And it's like, um, <laughs> it reminds me of, we read this, uh, I think it was John Maynard Keynes, the famous economist who like predicted what the world would be like. And that's kind of, this is kind of the version of what he kind of thought the world would be like in the 21st century. Mm because they thought everything would just be automated and people wouldn't really have to work jobs anymore. Maybe like it's just a few hours a week. Uh, still waiting for that. <laughs> but Maybe um, someday. He also thought that we wouldn't be satisfied because like humans have an insane, innate need for work. But beside the point, Holden. Um, I, I thought that was all really kind of interesting. Um, but it was not, it did not feel very Star Wars at all. Mm-hmm. If anything, it felt like Ryan Johnson commentary in, in The Last Jedi, which feels out of place to me in Star Wars as well. Um, where it's just very much more like, obviously we're contemplating these things at hand. More where, um, I don't know. You have something like that in Andor, it just has a little bit more nuance. But this mm-hmm. is like, it's just an adventure of the week where we go down and land on some new planet and find out about their society and go on a little mystery adventure and then we're done and meet some, you know, maybe so some celebrities are there. It, it was just like, this is Star Trek. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and if it, if it was just an episode of Star Trek, I think I would kind of like it. But it, it being the, uh, oh gosh, pre-antipenultimate episode <laughs> of the season, Olin. <laughs> No, antipenultimate. Yeah, the antipenultimate. Mess it up. The antipenultimate episode of the season, the third to last, it doesn't work at all, does it? Um, no. And then just randomly at the end, they're fighting the Mandalorians, and that was silly. Yeah. In my opinion. I, I, like, there was, I, I didn't care about that at all. Okay, so I guess feeding into it, I was seeing a lot of discourse about this online, and prior to watching the episode and now I'm, I'm like worried the people are like is the mandalorian becoming the bo-katan show bo-katan show um and like there there's some articles i saw like, kind of clickbait articles where it's like oh is is like bo-katan gonna like is is she slowly have they gone the woke main, like character because i mean she's it, the mandalorian holden yeah well that's she's the thing the like she could be like time. she could become the, the central focus of the show theoretically i don't think it will because obviously baby yoda and dinjarian are like so crucial especially the baby yoda thing um but i just i don't care about her yet really i don't i like i like kind of parts of her arc where she's becoming more like in tuned with like the old ways and stuff i think that's kind of intriguing as part of a better character but i don't think there's like enough about her alone like out like in the mandalorian for me to really care about her yet because like as you mentioned earlier like dave filoni and them are like you don't have to watch the other stuff well that's fine but since i haven't watched a lot of her in clone wars i don't really care about her in this show yet mm-hmm. so i like her the increased focus on her is just not working for me yet no it's not working for me either um gosh what was i gonna say oh yeah what has been din Djarin's character arc this season nothing right i he mean literally has not nothing has he hasn't thought about anything <laughs> he finished he, what he, he wanted to if do anything he's regressed to, he's he's regressed to not liking droids again yeah 
I was confused if by anything. that. What? That didn't make sense to me. Remember when he was like, man, IG-11, got to get him back up and going. Yeah, so is, is are we as the audience supposed to see that as like, oh, well, IG-11 came back to life and tried to kill him and now he doesn't like droids again? Is that it? I get, I don't know. But that doesn't Who make sense. Like, even if that's the explanation, it doesn't make sense. So... Yeah, you're right. That is that's really stupid. I was I was kind of thinking like when he was talking about the droids in this episode, I wasn't really pinpointing why it felt weird, but that is that's true because he had evolved past that as a character. Um, that that's the problem. I agree with you. the The focus on Bo-Katan, which I don't even like, dislike Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. She's pretty cool, but like I'm not watching the Mandalorian to watch Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the Mandalorian to see the Imperials go after Baby Yoda, and Din Djarin's like, "No, don't do that, please." <laughs> That's why I'm watching the Mandalorian, and there literally has not been a single second of that. Yeah, I don't even necessarily that we got I, space pirates. Yeah, which were lame, lame, lame space pirates, and that one guy flew away, and he's gonna come back some time. Okay, Good. and and then we have a uh, freaking Ahmed Best. He just showed up, and he's not there anymore. There hasn't really been any development on Grogu's past or future or anything, other than oh yeah, remember he got trained by Luke Skywalker so he could jump around now. Yeah, and he just does that like once an episode. So then the audience is like, oh, that's so cute. But that's all it I is. I feel like. It has just been an entire season of filler. Literally more important stuff happened in the book of Boba Fett for the Mandalorian <laughs> than in the Mandalorian season three for the Mandalorian. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, because I mean, everything he everything he wanted to do, he just got done in the second episode. And everything since then, it's been like half-hearted, just basically going with Bo-Katan and Bo-Katan. I, keep, I, I don't know how you say her name. She but. says Bo-Katan and everybody else says Bo-Katan. Yeah, so they're inconsistent. But um, yeah, just just can't bad. wait for them to fight the Mythosaur. Remember that whole thing? Oh, my God. No, I actually did too. forget about that. <laughs> I did, too, until now. It's just like and Moff Gideon. We still haven't even seen him. And it's just going to be some a big pile of poo in these last two episodes. There, and, yeah, the, there's two. And then freaking Mace Windu is going to show up. <laughs> and we're all going to think it's amazing. And then we're all going to forget about how bad the rest of the season was. Yeah, it's... I mean, there's there's two options here, right? There, there's either A, they bring in Moff Gideon and the Mythosaur and everything in these last two episodes. And it's convoluted and rushed and doesn't work. Or B one or neither of them come one of them doesn't come back or neither of them comes back and then it's just not satisfying to the overall arc of the season <laughs> like i don't think there's i don't feel any stakes it's like no. oh we're gonna reclaim mandalore like okay is there there's no urgency to that no. there's no impending threat i don't know if like i don't i i feel like what we're supposed to think or what we're supposed to be getting to is like Moff Gideon wants to take Mandalore or whatever that's like so we're like working against him to do that but like that has not been made clear if that's the case and (laughs) so that so because of that there's just no urgency and also like our main characters don't even like really know anything about Moff Gideon escaping or whatever right now like they're just kind of they're they're meandering along 
I just can't believe they took two and a half years to make this show and literally two thirds of the season has been just straight up filler mm-hmm. and it's an eight episode season. Like what have you been, what have you been doing? What have you been writing? I don't know. I it's so it, just it, this is really I don't know. What is this at even on IMDb? I think this right is the now? lowest episode of the season. That doesn't surprise me just because I feel like it's a divisive episode overall. I don't think it's I think least... it's better than two episodes ago or the episode before this one. Yeah, I don't think it's the worst one of the season for me personally, but like I don't know. I'm also struggling to remember a lot because I was like falling asleep watching this episode last night. I was just very bored and didn't care. And I don't like I feel like out of the celebrity cameo or guest stars, I'm like most disappointed in Jack Black because I feel like he didn't do anything. Jack Black is just such a very expressive and fun actor. And he just stood there like the whole time. I thought he was expressive and fun when he was talking. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't really work for me, but. I don't know. I'm just like, what are we doing? Um, It seems so convoluted, and it would have been nice to have a more focused season that actually seemed to be building towards something. Compared to, if you, like, compare it to Succession, which is, like, like I was so old, and it's like, so look, Succession is not my favorite show, but you can't deny that every episode builds and <laughs> builds and builds a constant crescendo until it culminates at the end of the season. And this is just like what, like, <laughs> we're still at pianissimo here. Like, there's no crescendo going on. Is anything gonna happen? If if anything, it started off way more interesting. And did you stop? Yeah, I mean, yep. we got we got one of the worst episodes of Mandalorian this week, and apparently one of the best episodes of Succession this week. So, <laughs> makes me wish we were uh, reviewing that show instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Look at my notes here. Um, there were some boba speeders in the background. I was <laughs> there were when they were chasing that super battle droid. Oh, like the um, like this like the weird scooter things. Yeah, I oh was God. so worried he was going to hop on one of those. Thank goodness he didn't. Maybe that's a cutscene. Um, how is Christopher Lloyd still alive, by the way? I don't that know. man looked old 40 years ago. <laughs> I don't even... is. I think he's just like in his 80s, though, too. Like I think he just looks older than he is, because he looks like he's mid-90s. <laughs> uh my dad and i went to a dodger game in in los angeles and he was at the game too so they kept showing uh back to the future clips in between innings and that was 2014 my goodness i can i can How just imagine being christopher, christopher lloyd or like an actor like that where you have a really iconic role and then everyone just does that anytime you go somewhere public like just plays back to the future clips might get annoying yeah, 80 84 84 yeah, he would have been. Oh yeah, he is eighty four. Yeah, he's won two Emmys. Good for him. For yeah. Oh, for Taxi. Uh, for Taxi. Um, I don't know. What's I? Uh, oh, I think I had one other. Oh, just the opening scene. That was weird. Yeah, a lot of people like a lot of. Again, start very Star Trek. You got people on a bridge sitting in seats, like with the specific. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you have that in Star Wars too, but like the captain. Yeah, there's like literally a captain's chair, 
and that Rome that was weird. That was weird. I didn't really get that scene. To I mean, it obviously setting up the Mandalorians for the end of the episode, but it felt really out of place. Felt very Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't um, know. I Baby don't... Yoda got Baby Yoda got knighted for some reason. I don't know why. It's pretty funny, cute. I have no idea why it happened. Yeah, that, um. I, I I'm trying to think of like what that that scene when Lizzo is just like was like giving out awards like get like like congratulating people it reminded me of like some comedy where it's it's like a parody of of like scenes like that like the end of a new hope or something where everyone's being commemorated i don't i don't remember what it is though it kind of felt like a parody of that inadvertently though because she just like kept going and then kind of the cherry on top was <laughs> giving grogu a knight knighthood even though he didn't do anything <laughs> like like whatever. why a knighthood yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. Why not knight the Mandalorian? Yeah, or Bo-Katan. okay, I don't know. Also, I don't, I don't remember. Was that the first time we saw the dark saber this season? No, they used it before. Okay, because when he was fighting that thing. Also, the dark saber, that freaking scene was like the end of Deathly Hollows when Harry's like, "Well, actually, I disarmed Draco." Oh yeah, Draco that's what I was thinking too. Disarms they and. <laughs> And I'm like, what the heck is the dark saber, the elder wand at this point? Like, what is happening? And then they're just like, oh yeah, and then, that and then about they're all, right. yeah, they're all just like, well, I can't argue with that. Then <laughs> he could I'm just like, be what? lying. <laughs> like, sounds sounds right to me. And it seems like they don't really like Bo-Katan, and she like kind of in a close matchup beats their leader, and they're just like, well, I guess we're just stuck with you now even though we don't really seem to give a crap about the mandalorian creed Mm -hmm. i don't know it that was just silly um apparently they're the ones who broke moff gideon i don't know i don't care either it's like ooh, the mythosaur i don't care (laughs) Ooh, moff gideon just when is he coming back um yeah they're running out of just random people to throw in this show too yeah to be like oh look at this cameo glapupo <laughs> as we like to say on this podcast um i think that's enough mandalorian this week i was saying this episode was gonna be good i was wrong i Again, I don't hate the episode. I just hate the season as a whole right now. I don't hate it. I just am very disappointed. Yeah. It's just that like, we waited two and a half years for all this filler nonsense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's the episode just didn't work for me. You're kind of right about like the themes of like ro- the robots and how important they are to the society. It, uh, that is kind of cool, but everything else about it was just whatever and I, the mystery was not engaging at all and yeah, it's just Come on, guys. I don't. Th- I find it hard to th- like believe that they could salvage this in the last two episodes, but we'll see. I yeah. I don't. I. I just. This is. This is, makes me not want to rewatch the Mandalorian for an upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you'd have to watch through is, all this. Although, actually, you probably yeah. wouldn't have to, because so much of it doesn't matter. You can just skip skip <laughs> most of the season. Yeah, uh, that's funny because it's true. All right, um, oh, just big missed opportunity so far. We'll see. 
you know, like I said, Dave Filoni delivers, so I know he wasn't as involved this season, but maybe they said, hey, John Favreau, you get, what are you doing here? All right, come the on, last guys. two episodes for you. Hey, come on, guys. You see this cowboy hat I'm wearing? Yeah, channel that energy. All right, uh, let's talk about the Super Mario movie. Yes. Super Mario Bros. movie, not spoilers, coming at you right now. All right, well, the long-awaited Super Mario Bros. movie is here. I feel like we've been slowly talking about this movie for pretty much the whole time we've been doing this podcast, <laughs> like or almost the whole time. It feels like it's been coming out forever. Obviously, it's an animated movie, so that makes sense. But um, this is the new movie from Illumination, uh, partnering with Nintendo to create the first uh, Nintendo movie since the 90s Mario Bros. movie, which is pretty infamously bad, although it does have its its kind of so bad it's good fan base but um Mm -hmm. yeah this is the um it's this is a lot more close to the actual mario um like games and stuff Uh, do you have a synopsis for this jimmy oh i will pull one up right now i could Um, just say you know it's i just i just i just googled synopsis (laughs) (laughs) that's not helpful Uh, all right holden here we go oh short one With help from Princess Peach, Mario gets ready to square off against the all-powerful Bowser to stop his plans from conquering the world. And rescue his brother, Luigi. Luigi. Um, Yeah, this... uh, uh, I also saw that this is the highest opening weekend for an animated movie ever, apparently. Um, $377 million. uh, Beat Frozen 2, thank God. <laughs> like I like <laughs> not that this is my favorite movie or anything, but can't believe Frozen Two is on the top of that spot. Just knock it down, knock it down a peg. Um, I thought this movie was it was fine. That's what you think? I thought it was fun. Yeah. Here, here's my thing with this: if you don't think about it, it's a fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It the plot does not make any sense. Character motivations, forget about them. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like, the most basic story you'll probably find like anywhere. There's just it's so bare bones, but works. But look, all right for the movie. It's fun. It's fun. They had the stuff from the video game. I did. I thought the voice cast was fun. Mm-hmm. They leaned into the you know the video game stuff that that works. It it flies. I mean, this thing just oh, is, yeah. is just going a hundred miles per hour the whole time, um, probably to its detriment. Like, oh yeah, it, I think it. Could there have is been no a depth longer. to this. It is just all <laughs> incredibly superficial. Mm-hmm. There's no peel backing, peeling back any layers of anything here. It is. It's just what it is, and it's fun. And don't think about it, and just eat your popcorn and have a good family time. And I think that's reflected in our in the tomato meter, but, which I don't put a lot of stock into. No. But I mean, it just I think just the the difference here between the critic score, which is a fifty seven percent, and the audience score, which is a ninety six percent, I feel like that does not surprise me at all for this. No, because it's not a great movie. The animation looks good. Yeah, visually, I that. think it's it's pretty fantastic. Um, um, animation looks really good. I like the, the style of it. Um, the writing just there's just no depth to it. Paper thin, 
don't expect the Pixar like making you reflect on your life. It's not Puss in Boots, the, <laughs> the, the last wish. Where you're like, like, you just have to believe in yourself. But even then, that's like yeah. just like at the end of the movie. That's like all. They're all like, "Hey, Mario, have you noticed that you just don't ever give up?" That's yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> that kind of thing. That's about it. Um. No but yeah, I, it's fun. Like I had fun. I don't think anybody's gonna see this and and like go, "Wow, I I'm offended." No, maybe some some really diehard Mario people, maybe. <laughs> but just if you're a casual pers- fan and you just want to see a fun little animated Mario thing, and you played a Mario game once. This this is a uh, this is fun. I do, uh, and I think you'll. Uh, won't be super disappointed no i do think you get more out of this movie like the more familiar with mario you are uh to an extent at least i mean i i feel like if someone didn't know much about mario at all and went into this movie they might hate it (laughs) that's true that's i'll give you that yeah yeah because i i feel like so much of this movie does rely on like references whether it be visual or audio or whatever to to the various games um and that's that's like the majority of what the movie is that's kind of what replaces any sort of substance that might be there is just kind of saying oh Mm -hmm. that's that's cool and I know that. Oh, it's the fire power up, or the mushroom that makes you big, yeah. or the oh, Mario turn Kart. thing. You're in a, you're in a cat. Mar- Rainbow Road. Yeah, like that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. lots. I mean, I feel like describing it that way. Like lots of movies that do that are annoying. I mean, even I mean, we you know we criticize Star Wars and the Mandalorian for bringing in you know like Luke Skywalker or whatever, and it's just kind of annoying when it's just like a reference for the sake of a reference, but. I feel like it kind of works here because it's just it, it, it's more about just seeing this like quirky world unfold out on the screen mm-hmm. and like it doesn't really try to explain itself too well or and, which it doesn't need to. So you're kind of just seeing all these like weird things happen and it's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, mm. I think that's why it probably no. works. Um, I, I agree. I think a lot of it's integrated really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like the character from another thing walks by the camera and it's like, Ooh, leave it there. I mean, there is like some stuff in the background where he's, you know, space jam two esque where it's like, pause the frame and look at everything you recognize. But it, yeah, it's just, it's better than that. Yeah. There's really not a ton of that. Um, which I guess I was kind of surprised by. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like, I mean, they, there's the point in the movie, um, which is it's in, a lot of the trailers and stuff when they're going in the obstacle course or whatever. And, and peach says, Oh, like this is a power up. Like you it makes you stronger. And then it goes away if you get hit. Like, it's just like how it is in the game. And it's just so matter of fact in the movie. Like it's like, it doesn't really make sense, but it doesn't really need to. It's just kind of like, Oh, whatever mm-hmm. it makes sense for, cause it was in the video game. But, um, yeah, that's all cool. I think, okay. So, I didn't mention this at the beginning. I've seen this movie three times. <laughs> <laughs> I should have mentioned that at the start. I feel like I am the resident expert at the of this movie because I had to see this three days in a row. I saw this Thursday night with you. Saw it Friday night as soon as I got back to Lincoln. I like rushed home after work because I went with my brother and I was trying to make a showing when I reached Lincoln. So I uh, saw it then and then i saw it saturday night with some friends from lincoln and got a little tipsy beforehand (laughs) 
So that was kind of fun. But um, you didn't talk them into John Wick Four. No, I did. I did see John Wick Four with my parents on Saturday. I saw a lot of movies in Lincoln this weekend. Um, just a lot of people wanted to go with me, but um, no, we went to the Super Mario Bros. movie instead. Um, where was I going with that? I, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. How is this movie the second and third time, Molden? How does it hold up? Um. It, what do you notice? What was different about the viewing experience? For so you? I think the second time I didn't like it quite as much. I think the strangely, even though, even though I feel bad about saying this, I feel like the beginning part just dragged on a little too long before they went into the Mushroom Kingdom. Like, and it's not even that long of a section of the movie. And like most of the movie just moves by so fast. But like seeing it the second time, I was like, hey, there's just like there's like so little substance to the movie on its own and i was like i basically noticed all of the references or whatever the first time in that area so i was like there's not there's not really much here for me to try to look for um but yeah i don't know it it was it wasn't as good the second time the third time granted i was a little tipsy i liked it more i was probably more up to speed with where i was the first time on it so i'm kind of i kind of just had a little little dip in the second viewing but kind of back up now um yeah oh okay the reason i brought that up is because (laughs) the first time i didn't really notice um but i the action in this in this movie what little there is i think it's like i don't know if you call it blocking for an animated movie but i think it's like blocked pretty well like it's it's all very chaotic and a lot is going on but it's also very clear what's happening at any given moment it's just very very expressive and and wild and there's not a ton of it but like on the second and third viewing i kind of appreciated that more i was like oh that's it's honestly probably one of the bigger strengths of the movie for me i liked it a lot yeah no i I would agree with that i think just overall visually the story is well told animation's beautiful and i think a lot of the funnier parts are more like the visual gags for me mm-hmm. particularly the, like there's a scene with like a dog in the beginning I yeah think you that liked was the dog the, part a lot <laughs> i thought that was the funniest part was, a lot of it was relying more on visuals mm-hmm. um and creative stuff like that and the environment um yeah no i, I like i, I bowser sings like a funny song i i did not think that song was funny at all like god love jack jack black but i'm like this is not creative <laughs> oh i kind of like i mean i didn't think it was like laugh out loud funny i thought it was kind of funny though i don't know okay um look i liked all the music from all the games that was fun yeah yeah they did some great arrangements brian tyler was the composer i believe but yeah and he also apparently i i noticed after watching john wick he did the music for john wick 4 as well so very different (laughs) um but yeah very good arrangements for the songs some more deep cut ones that i noticed a lot of them were some of the more well-known ones though um the licensed music did not work (laughs) no i was like i was gonna bring that up too and emily and i talked about that like if i know every song that's on your soundtrack that's a bad sign yeah like you gotta that's just like they played the most generic music for everything and like all of which have been done better in other movies yeah it's it's 
pretty astounding how like unoriginal it all was like most of it had like nothing to do with the scene and the one the only one that had anything remotely to do was when they played don't sleep till brooklyn but that's just because they were in brooklyn like it was so it was still out of place (laughs) like very lazy but they play like take on me um Waiting, holding out for a hero, which you can't top Shrek to. Yeah. Okay. And another thing about that, that is the third movie in a month that has come out that uses that song because it was in Shazam 2 <laughs> and it was also in, I, I'll talk about it more in What Are You Doing? But I watched the Tetris movie. It's also in that. Oh, it is in that. Yeah. It, but in that, it, it worked. It didn't bother me as much in that because it was like a Russian cover of it. So it was kind of like, it was kind of creative from that angle i guess but no and the this is the third time in like four weeks i have seen a movie that has this song in it stop using it it's overused and as you said it's not going to be done better than in shrek 2 yeah so and uh another thing about the licensed music is the when they play take on me when they're kind of um they're in the kong kingdom or whatever um I was reading online. I didn't I haven't listened to the soundtrack outside of the movie or anything, but there's like a song on the soundtrack that everyone thinks is what was supposed to go there. And it like featured more like Donkey Kong themed music and stuff. And it was pretty good. But then people like it. And that's where they think it fits best. Uh, but it was like pretty much entirely cut out of the movie for take take on me, which is so like just that was probably honestly the worst one for me. It was so awkward. I, in that I scene. thought. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. I I thought the voice cast was all fine. Yeah, Jack Jack like, Black was probably any, the standout. Yeah, Jack Black was the best. Um, Charlie Day was pretty good as Luigi. Um, everyone else, yeah, was pretty serviceable. Um, Chris Pratt, he's kind of the elephant in the room in regards to the voice cast. I think he was fine, but I, I the criticism I'll give him is that his accent was like inconsistent. He like was it was sometimes Brooklyn, sometimes Italian, sometimes just normal Chris Pratt. Like it didn't seem very consistent. But aside from that, I thought it, like it was it was fine. Like people didn't need to be mm-hmm. so mean to him prior to the movie. Like <laughs> calm down, guys. That pretty bad uh, Mushroom Kingdom Here We Come line from the trailer was not in the movie at all. So I don't know nope. who put that in the trailer, but they. <laughs> That was that was a bad idea. Same guy who did the Shazam dragon line. In oh, that trailer. yeah. Was that not in the movie? I didn't even think about that. No. Okay, that's good point. Someone has a vendetta out for these actors. Yeah. Uh, anything else to say non-spoiler wise? Hold on before we give our ratings and recommendations. Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No. Hopefully, you remember because he did see it three times. <laughs> so and i saw it once almost a week ago so you're gonna have to do some heavy lifting here and spark my memory mm-hmm. but uh i'm gonna say if you like mario just go see this mm-hmm. if you're just at all on the fence just go watch it i mean it's got a 96 percent audience score i'm not sure what its cinema score is but i, I would imagine it's probably like a minus yeah probably the worst not too far away yeah um but in fact i can just look that up but uh if you don't care about mario at all uh, you probably like Holden said. You're probably not gonna get that much about this. I don't know if you'd hate this. You're just probably not gonna enjoy it as much as uh, as you would otherwise. But who hasn't who hasn't played a Mario? 
Yeah, in this day and age, who right? hasn't played a Mario? Yeah. It's got an A cinema score. Okay. So there you go. So go see it. Um, yeah, go see that or, or go see John Wick 4, the greatest action movie I've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> yeah, probably go see that instead. But I mean, this I, I think for me, I'll give it a 6 out of 10. Um, mostly entirely brought down by the writing and the general plot because it is just so like nothing <laughs> and some in the dialogue's kind of hit or miss or whatever um but pretty much everything about else about the movie is is a lot of fun um so yeah as you said just go see it if it, if it at all interests you yeah. all right quick little fun comparison uh this movie or Dungeons and Dragons. Um, which one do you like more? I like Dungeons and Dragons more. I do too. Yeah, I think that was it's a similar vibe where it's just a fun mm-hmm. little adventure, but uh, Dungeons and Dragons is just funnier and it's got more charm. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got more charm. It's, I mean, once again, not the most complex plot or anything but it does have a little bit more there than this movie does almost any movie has more than this does um yeah i would i would sooner rather see that again but that's also because i have seen this movie three times now so i really just <laughs> i do not need to see this movie for quite a while did you when you when you went to it did you go here we go again i should have dang it i didn't do you it you missed it you didn't even wear a Mario hat any of those times. No, I have a Waluigi hat that I kept. I kept meaning to wear, um, but I f- I forgot. Also, Waluigi's not in the movie, so it would have just been awkward. He's not. Neither is Wario. Yeah, I bet they're saving that for the sequel. That's that's a good sequel. Uh, wait. Bait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Remember when Elon Musk played Wario oh in SNL? God. Yeah, I do. I actually thought about that the other day for some reason. That was bad. Yeah. Try to forget. All right, Holden, let's talk about spoilers. Uh, if you don't want to hear spoilers, again, use the time codes in the description. Skip to our final segment. What are you doing? Otherwise, spoilers coming at you right after this. All right, uh, spoilers for the Super Mario Bros. movie. Um, <laughs> not a ton to spoil here. I mean, I feel like everyone probably knows the arc of this movie. Um, peaches, 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 peaches. Um, I was like, that's all they could think of? Yeah, I don't know. Just saying the character's name over and over. <laughs> it didn't really bother me. I think just I think Jack Black's performance of the song is what kind of carries it. So I was like, it does. I mean, he commits. Yeah. Love love Jack Black. He's he's doing he's doing some tenacious D there, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. The the movie pretty much goes exactly how you think it's gonna go. So really, most of the spoilers comes in like the the various references and stuff. Um, I, I did really like on, I, I think the one thing that did surprise me, um, and that actually is about Bowser is I liked that they made him like kind of a romantic <laughs> in this movie. I, yeah. I thought that was just kind of a fun angle. And with Jack Black's fun performance, it was, it was kind of fun seeing him get like jealous about Mario and, and all of this, which it's not too far off from like his limited amount of character traits in the game, but I was just not expecting it. I was expecting him to just be the, you know, the bad guy, generic villain, but, um, 
yeah, that was a lot of fun. And his his wedding outfit is is from Super Mario Odyssey. So there you go, Jimmy. There's a reference you might not oh, have known. Nice. I did not know that one. <laughs> I did notice though the Super Mario sixty four reference with the cannon and then the floating island. Oh yeah. Because that was my favorite level of that game. Well, then you probably noticed the the King Babam in the audience at the wedding. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Well, they literally blew him up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was that was kind of funny. I, was, I thought he that he blew yeah. up. King Boo is also out in the audience as well. Yep. King Boo is there, but they didn't. I didn't notice the penguin thing where you have to the the level in Super Mario sixty four where you have to like carry the penguin to the mom or whatever. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the, um, the penguins were in the movie. They were in the movie, but not that a reference to that specifically. Yeah, not that specifically. I think it was just the fact the penguins are there. I mean, the penguin; those penguins, I think, are also in Super Mario Galaxy. Or the, the very similar they're in Super design. Super Mario Bros. What? They're in Super Mario Bros. on the Wii. The penguins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And you get the penguin suit in that one. Uh was waiting for the blue shell moment to happen. And then it did. Okay, so... Or when they were Mario Kart. I'm glad you bring that up. I don't like how they did that, honestly. Because I, I, I was I was watching that scene, and the, like, the blue shell Koopa guy is, like, in that big, like, tank truck thing. And is, like, chasing after Mario. And is, like, constantly on his heels or whatever. And in my mind, I'm like this is a creative representation of the blue shell. Like if this is all they're doing, this is kind of a unique spin. I think it's kind of cool that it's just this big, like powerful truck that's going after him or whatever. That's constantly after the person in first place. That's cool. But then they blow it up and then he comes out of the flames and literally says blue shell <laughs> goes after him. Like it's, <laughs> it just felt like, Oh, well I felt like it was, it's not like it's a deep like symbolic version of a reference or anything but it was it was just like a unique spin on it that they kind of they kind of squandered in my opinion but i thought toad having a big cart was pretty funny that was funny toad didn't really have anything to do in this movie no that was a disappointment yeah toad cuz honestly keegan michael key's voice performance is pretty good i think i mean if nothing else it's uh-huh. it doesn't like sound like him at all he's definitely putting on a voice um so, which is kind of cool but um yeah he just aside, aside from first finding mario and taking him to peach he doesn't do anything not really disappointing not a lot but um you yeah, know uh seth rogan is donkey kong obviously having him <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it's probably in his contract somewhere that he has to do that that was that was actually pretty funny <laughs> um but their little rivalry you know a lot of star lord and thor <laughs> oh yeah uh, but not as somewhere. funny yeah um yeah, well, i thought that was fun and the donkey kong's dad yeah cranky uh, kong um mm-hmm. that's probably the one voice i don't know if it works for me it felt like very not that uh, like I don't think Cranky Kong really has a voice in any of the games or any any of the Donkey Kong games, but it just it felt like he looked like really old, but the voice didn't really sound that way, and it was it was it's Fred Armisen who's a he's a very good comedic actor, but I don't know if the voice really landed personally. 
talking about something that didn't make any sense. The the showdown between Mario and Donkey Kong mm-hmm. that was dumb. Like, oh yeah, you just fight my son, and then if you win, I'll give you my army. <laughs> what? Well, that's uh, that's where the the pacing starts to pick up because like as like as soon as they talk to Cranky Kong about that, like Mario's just at the arena. There is no transition. He's just there in the very next scene. Um. But you're right. Like, it doesn't make much sense. And it also doesn't make sense from the angle. Like, Mario gets the crap beat out of him. Like, so much in that. And just, like... Uh-huh. And then later, like, he gets the cat suit and beats Donkey Kong up for a little bit and just wins. Like, it doesn't... It didn't... It felt like Mario should have lost <laughs> with how much he got hurt compared to Donkey Kong. Maybe Donkey Kong's just not used to getting hurt or something. I don't know. He's a wimp. He's a little wimp, yeah, for getting hurt. He's a little baby. <laughs> He's a widow Diddy Kong. Diddy Kong shout out. Yeah, Diddy Kong was there. They did the DK rap. Yep. Um, but they didn't credit the original, the composer of that song. There's a big thing about that online, apparently, this week. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, yeah, the only other thing really of note in that scene is they did get the mini mushroom, which as, as soon as he pulled it out, I'm like, no, Mario, don't eat that. That's the blue one. That makes you small. No, Mario. But then he ate it. Uh, the new Super Smash Bros. movie. That's yeah. I want to see now. I'm surprised they just blew Mario Kart on this. Yeah. Well, I don't... I mean, I guess I don't know, like... Could you make a standalone Mario Kart movie? I don't know. Maybe. But it does. It, it is weird that it's just kind of thrown in here. And not that they can't bring it back, but they did utilize so much of it just right now. Like they, I mean, Rainbow Road, as you said earlier, the blue shell, they did the anti-gravity thing from like the, in the, in the hang gliders from like the newer games. Um, like there's just, since they did that, it almost surprised me that the, du- the duel between Donkey Kong and Mario is not more like super smash bros. Yeah honestly that would almost make more sense like you have the you know you have the smash thing that comes down Mm -hmm. and different items from that game pokeballs (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you could do that but i mean i different items like that instead it's just the normal nintendo power-up super mario bros i would not be surprised if it's because they want to do that eventually like that i like that's a lot of people's theories or like what they hope is like, Oh, they're going to keep making Nintendo movies and build to a smash bros movie. It's like the event. Well, this is going to make over a billion dollars. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and I don't know if like Nintendo has really any like, illumination or any of them have really any, you know, plans for that or anything, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're saving that possibility. I think it would make sense. If you made a smash bros movie, that would be like, that would have to be just one of the biggest movies ever, right? Like, that would be insane, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, even though a lot of the other Nintendo franchises don't have quite the reach as Mario, I mean, you're bringing in just so many other fans from other games and stuff. And, I mean, if they went, well, like, how far the new Smash Bros. went and just brought in characters like Minecraft Steve or, you know, just third-party characters from other franchises and it's it's insane what they could do but i don't know that's that's so far away in the future that it's not really worth theorizing about right now <laughs> sure um what else? i said i like the, the 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 dog scene oh yeah the, when he's like giving them the death glare but then like 
look at his owner too. I thought that was pretty funny. Him rising up in the shower. Yeah, that was funny. I liked that. Them having to like catch him and pull him out from the window. <laughs> thought that was a good the, bit. The third time I saw it, I, I saw that it was like a seven o'clock showing on a on a Saturday night. So there were a lot of kids there. They they were losing their minds at the dog scene. They thought it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, well, kids have good taste. Told them. Yeah, I guess. Um. Gosh, what else? What else about this movie? I mean, a lot of Nintendo references, or other Nintendo references in the real world. I mean, there's the Star Fox ship in his room. He's playing Kid Icarus on the TV. Um, the pizzeria or whatever the, that they eat at is called the Punch-Out Pizzeria, just like the video game. Um, there's Duck Hunt. There's, there's a lot of just minor random things. That are just thrown around. I like. Um, but once I get to the Mario world, it is pretty much just Mario references. Um, one of the passing by toads, or when they're kind of wandering through the toad town, one of the toads uh, is talking to another one, and toad's like, oh, how do you get this to work? And then the, the toad at the counter is like, oh, you just have to blow into it to get it to work, like the NES cartridges. Oh, I didn't even, yeah, I didn't catch that. It, yeah, somehow. it's just kind of a background thing, but um yeah I'm trying to think if there's any like big mario reference you get the little what what's your little star guy thing who's oh yeah negative nihilistic thoughts <laughs> yeah the luma you know, they're from super mario galaxy um yeah that was a lot of fun and he was a very fun character voiced obviously just by like a little kid very cute <laughs> very cute voice but yeah juxtaposed by that those nihilistic quotes um yeah fun character i like when he was disappointed that he didn't die yeah <laughs> it's like oh boo <laughs> um um anya taylor joy as as peach was yeah good yeah there were there were a few lines i actually thought her her delivery was really pretty funny um but yeah for the most part it was it was at least good serviceable um but I don't know. I don't have any really big. I'm not the biggest Mario fan, so yeah. I like. I, I could have anything else to say about this. I could dig so deep into the in the the little things, like how the the song that the rock band is playing is is the <laughs> the Fury Bowser theme from Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury on the Switch, which is that's like one of the more recent Mario games. I was kind of surprised they. It felt like it came out like actually just a year ago, so I was kind of surprised they put that in there. Um, but I don't know. There's there's so many things. There's a bonsai bill that blows up. It's like a nuke. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, they get the star power at the end, and they turn invincible, which doesn't make sense because both of them turn no, invincible. Doesn't make sense. Um, and. Isn't it supposed to like run out? I was kept waiting for it to run out. Yeah, it's supposed to run out. It's like it's very limited, because um, the music. I mean, the iconic song that plays usually during the the uh-huh. invincibility star. Once that runs out, then the power runs out. But they played a re- like kind of a arrangement of that theme, but it didn't run mm-hmm. out or anything. So they just they conveniently had enough time to beat Bowser. Yeah, the way they defeat Bowser. I was or what? Go ahead. I was just waiting for it to be like the one last hurdle they needed to 
make it over. Oh, yeah. When it ran out. That would have been good. That was fine. I was ready for the movie to be over at that point. The way they beat Bowser is they throw him like Mario does in Mario 64 by the tail. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I just... Yeah, just a a lot of things. I feel like that's probably about all I can say about it, though. It's... Sweet. Good movie. Liked it. Nice. Nice. All right, let's go on to our final segment then. Holden, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, uh, what am I doing? Well, uh, this week, as I mentioned earlier, I did watch the Tetris movie on Apple TV+. Um, it's fun. It's a it's a fun movie. Um, I mentioned either last week or the week before. There's a, a YouTube video from the gaming historian about this story of Tetris, and that's an hour long. Honestly, probably it's more worth watching that because it's kind of just the story without any fluff or anything. Um, it's very it it is a very interesting story about how there's just there were all these people with like grappling for the rights, and the Russian government got involved and. Um, but the movie is kind of a fun dramatiz- dramatization, 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 dramatization. There you speak. go. Um, it's a fun, you know, movie for that. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not like a must watch or anything. Taron Eger- Taron Egerton is is pretty good in it. Um, and the guy who plays the creator of Tetris, I'd never seen anything else he was in. I thought he was really good, but um. Yeah, I don't know. They uh, some of the stuff they threw in there about like <laughs> about some like Russian. I don't know if I'd call it espionage or whatever. It, it was. It felt very just made up for the movie and unnecessary. Um, but maybe they just didn't have enough for an hour and a half or hour forty, however long it was. Um, but hey, if it sounds interesting, it's it's worth a watch. I'd say. Um, Does everything fall into place at the end? Uh, yeah, I would say that, Jimmy. <laughs> Um, then as I mentioned I rewatched John Wick 4 still just incredible so good I I there were a couple like big parts from the set pieces that I had forgotten that I just had such a joy rewatching like um and the well I guess I guess I probably shouldn't say anything because it is just still yeah, don't say I anything I won't say anything um maybe I'll mention it afterwards but yeah I liked it um, I watched Creed 3 last Sunday. Um, it was good. Very good. Um, I don't know where it ranks among the Creed movies. It's probably not as good as 1, but maybe better than 2. Um, very fun. Michael B. Jordan's... His direction was really pretty incredible, honestly. I like. I think this is the first movie he's ever directed. Um, and the way he did those fights in this movie is really cool. It's, it made it much more unique than every other fight in this series. So I, Hmm. for that alone, I think this movie gets a lot of props. Um, but yeah, good. If you like the Rocky movies, go see it. It's good. Um, watched Furious 7 on my rewatch of the Fast and Furious movies. Um, still easily the best one. Just ridiculous the the perfect balance of ridiculous and good like decent filmmaking from james wan and you know the fun actors dwayne johnson is still in it so still that angle um yeah i think just very good um 
And then the last movie, I did watch a lot of movies this week. The last movie I watched was I rewatched Super Bad, which I don't think I had seen since high school. Have you seen it? I've never I've never seen it. No. Wow. Um yeah, I don't know how much of it is nostalgia blinders. I think it is I think it's still really funny. I think it it it's very quotable. I think it's kind of like the perfect storm of that kind of movie like Judd Apatow-esque mid-2000s comedy, but like I think what makes it work is the script feels like it was like made for each of these actors. Like it's like the perfect Jonah Hill movie, the perfect Michael Sarah movie. I forgot that Emma Stone is like a main character in it too. I was gonna say it's an Emma Stone in it as well. Yeah, yeah, and she's great. Um, but yeah, I think everyone and it's 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 a very funny movie. So check it out if you haven't before. Um, TV wise, finished Justice uh, Justice League. I am on to Justice League Unlimited, which I think is basically superior in every way. It's very very good. Um, so I'm on the final final show of that DC animated universe. Um, but then beyond that, been watching Succession. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I don't think I watched any Poker Face this week. Um, but then video game wise, just playing Plague Tale Requiem. Um, very good, very cool. There was kind of this big open area recently. Um, didn't really have any enemies but it was kind of explorable it was kind of fun and there was a nice oh, little nice. upgrade that was like a hidden puzzle you had to find it was cool hmm. um i liked that um oh i did finish i finally finished every time i go back to lincoln i play a little bit more of it i finally finished half-life 2 vr but they have released the mods for the episode one and episode two expansions for it so i'll have to start those later but yeah that was also good um, but that's it, Jimmy. For me, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, well, TV show wise, uh, Emily and I watched the next episode of Ted Lasso, which is pretty good. Um, and we, or I have watched more of season two of White Lotus. About halfway yes. done with that, things are getting a little bit more interessante there. So I'm excited to see where those things end up. Uh, otherwise. Gaming wise, uh, Resident Evil Seven or Eight VR uh, on PlayStation VR Two, uh, lots of fun. Played through the House Beneviento, is that right? Beneviento segment. Oh yeah. Like that. How was that? Um, <laughs> that was creepy as all heck. Holden, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm desensitized to this, and I was like, as soon as I go into a room, I'm like, oh, there's a locker in here. Oh, I can go in it and close it for hiding that's not good <laughs> um very much felt like a creepy escape room with lots of creepy dolls everywhere um yes and then the lights would flicker off and it's just black <laughs> and you're waiting for something and then boo i was like uh no and you're there's you know you're trying to escape different scary things and um there was a lot of cursing involved. Um, and I'm sure Emily was wondering what was happening from the other room as she just played a nice game of The Sims. And I was cursing at the TV. Yeah, I, th- um, I think that's easily the creepiest part of the game. It's, and I mean, especially since you don't have any weapons or anything at that uh-huh. point. So you're basically, it's, it is basically, as you said, an escape room. It's just a puzzle that you have to solve for everything. And, defenseless yeah it's pretty terrifying 
Um, and I had played it in a couple of sittings because the first time I had gotten there and I like kind of got stuck. There's like a music box. I'm like, I don't know how this works. <laughs> and like, so I just like said, gave up for a little bit. I just like tinkered to the two minutes. Like, I don't know. And I quit and I came back. I'm like, oh, let's see if I can. It's got to be, you know, I always tell myself, look, Jimmy, other people have played this game. You can figure this out. Like, you're you're just as smart as these people, Jimmy. You can figure it out. You can do it. And I figured it out. Um, I don't know if it's always, it's like, if it's sometimes just harder to tell what you're supposed to do in VR, but, because it's not as, I guess, obvious. I don't know. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that part of the game. Um yes wasn't super long, but it was definitely effective and memorable. So thank you for that, uh, Capcom. Excited to go wherever I go next. I did find the house with the red chimney, not because it was red, which I could not tell, <laughs> but because of, like, they have the video game yellow kind of on it as well. Oh, okay. Good. I was like, well, that's probably it. <laughs> so otherwise, I was a little bit lost in the village for about 15 minutes. Um, but very fun. Enjoy that. Um, yeah, so much fun to play in VR with all those weapons. So highly recommend it to anybody who gets a chance to play it. Otherwise, I think that's it. Olin. What was the thing at the beginning of the me. podcast you said you were going to mention? In- oh, yeah. So I um, was kind of getting ready for teaching about ancient Rome, which is my favorite. And my favorite thing all year to teach about is Cleopatra. Holden. I think her story is insane. And there's this one uh, documentary from 2016 uh, that I love to show. And normally it's on either Smithsonian or Paramount Plus. And I get it through Amazon. So I go to the Amazon page just to make sure like everything's like just be like, okay, what streaming service or what like where is everything at? And it just says unavailable in your country. Okay. I'm like, okay, well. So then I go to Smithsonian. It's not on there. I do some research. Smithsonian merged with Paramount. Okay, I'll go on Paramount. It's not there. I look it up. It is nowhere. It's gone. There is no record of it anywhere. I go to, it was originally produced by Channel 5, which is a public broadcasting thing in London or in the UK. And I look it up there. No record of it. You cannot get this. There was no physical production of it. It was digital only, and there is nowhere where you can obtain it. What the heck? Nothing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and and I was like, okay. So then I started looking for other things I could maybe use instead. There's nothing comparable to it either. It's all just about finding her. Well, there's like this mini series from 1999, which I watched like five minutes of. I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> And then, of course, there's like the 1963 movie. Mm-hmm. It's like the four-hour one. I'm like, not gonna watch that. And all the other documentaries are just about like her tomb and hardly have anything to do with like her actual life. And I'm like, oh, the, I loved this one so much, and now it's just gone. And now I'm gonna have to make so much work to try to do something else that's gonna like require so much more work and also just not be as good. So I'm like, I was determined to find, and I found this out last night oh, wow. at like 10 o'clock and I, and I was very disappointed because like, this is like my favorite thing of the entire year and it's just gone and there's no record of it anywhere. You should. And I like Googling this and 
I there is not like it's just links to trailers for it and nowhere nothing I got a VPN to see if it was a location lock thing nope not location locked literally does not exist in any sort of legal form so then i'm like okay well time to pull out my old computer and see some less reliable place like is there a bootleg of this because the only time i think it's justifiable if there's literally no way of legally attaining it Mm -hmm. which there is not because trust me i was searching scouring the internet for over three hours trying to find this thing i i found a, a version in arabic on like some random site and i was like oh my gosh it's in arabic i can't like it's almost worse as the no copy existing because i can see all the visuals but it's just all the words are in arabic arabic and then i found a version on rush in russian i was like no i'm like well maybe there's another version on this site and it turns out it was on a russian uh, adult website oh so very interesting thumbnails off to the side i'm like <laughs> well that's not it uh finally um when i typed in the title of it they oh i forgot to mention i also i looked up the person who directed it and dm'd them on twitter <laughs> really <laughs> to be like is there any way to get this no response which perfectly understandable. Like, is there literally anywhere to watch this thing? Finally, I, I gave up last night. I was like so angry and disappointed and just tired and sad. I, I was feeling so many things. I was so fired up and all these emotions, which is kind of crazy to, to put in perspective. But I just loved, like, I just got so, I would been hyping it up all year. It's my favorite thing. And talk to kids from previous years and that's like their favorite thing too it's like oh man it's just it stinks when you have something that's so good and it just gets taken away from you for like no apparent reason i mean um and then against my i was like i need to come to terms with this just not existing anymore and just doing something else and i got on my computer this morning i'm like i'm gonna look one last time uh and i finally went to just the video tab of google search um and went to like got to like the fourth page and i finally found some like uploaded copy on some random website and i downloaded that thing so fast (laughs) i was like getting this to like the archives back it up in six different places and uh if there ever becomes a legal way to obtain that movie again, I absolutely will do it. I swear on a stack of Bibles, okay? <laughs> but my goodness, why would they a seven-year-old documentary just disappear off the face of the earth? See, I was going to um, say, I, if you hadn't found it, like, that'd be, like, you could just post that to, like, a lost media forum and people would get, like, on that. I'm, like, I'm, like, a huge fan of, like, reading and watching stuff about lost media and just, like, the insane stuff they go to is crazy. So, I, that sounds like the perfect thing for that. But if you did find it, then that's good. So, who, to whomever (laughs) bootlegged this random Paramount Plus Cleopatra documentary uh, onto a random website they are my hero right now because they <laughs> saved i was like thank goodness oh because it like ruined my easter to find that out just because i get so into this stuff 
And so I was so relieved, but that was, I am very sleep deprived because <laughs> of it. It messed up my sleep schedule. Um, but I'm, I'm better now. So thank you for reminding me so I could share that story. Yeah, of course. Uh, hopefully I do hear back from that, that director sometime. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Awesome. I think that's it. Olden next week we are doing, uh, we're going to be sucking some blood, I think. Yeah, next week. It, it's kind of crazy. It's that soon because I just feel like I haven't seen a ton about it. But yeah, it's Renfield next week. Um, so yeah, we'll be reviewing that as well as the seventh episode of The Mandalorian. Um, but if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. I believe that's it, Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, we could uh, do a little audible, go to Mafia Mama, maybe a little Pope's Exorcist, Russell Crowe action, but I think we're going to stick with Renfield. I think I did see that, um, I don't know if it's getting a wider release here before then, but we're not getting Bo is Afraid at the state until like beginning of May, so I don't know if we're getting it any sooner than that. Anyway. No! Really? It's not coming to Cinemark? I don't know. I, I just saw uh, the state announced it. I haven't seen Cinemark or anything. Which I believe there was a trailer for Bo is Afraid, and that was the trailer I didn't watch because Holden and I were talking about earlier that I was like, what was the trailer I didn't watch? Yeah, I didn't watch it either because I feel like we just don't need to. Yeah. Um. All right. I think that is... It's coming to Century 14, April 20th. Oh, okay. Perfect. So I mean, I don't have to worry about it. You fool. Then we will not support our local state theater and we'll go to the big corporation theater. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about we do both? Yeah, we could do both, especially if it's good. Yeah, I'm going to go this weekend. I think they're playing Fargo at the state or no, they're doing Raising Arizona. I haven't seen that in a while. I think I might go this weekend. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Until next Excuse me, a little hiccup there. Until next time, adios, pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast. <laughs>